Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives right here on the Super Review Show. I am joined by my good men, Kyle and Mike. What's going on, guys? Much. Not much. Uh, Glad to be here as always. We're happy to be here yeah. as always, too, for this wonderful pick. Uh, but tonight we are going to be breaking down and talking about one of Mike's favorite albums. He told us to have a listen and see what we can do. And I'm going to let him start this one off on his initial impressions and whatnot of Uriah Heep's Look at Yourself album from 1971. This is Mike's pick. So I'm going to let him f- to share a little bit of his share a little love for uh, this album right here right now so mike why don't you go first why don't you this album tell us some a little bit of stuff about it why do you love it go on whatever all right well yeah this is definitely my top three uh uriah heap of all time so we're in the top three and you know um it's definitely a nostalgic album for me you know my my dad's a huge uriah heap fan he played while we're in the car and just kind of throughout you know, the time growing up, it became kind of a staple for a lot of uh, road trips and, um, you know, the usual thing you do as a kid. So, um, yeah, it's, and it's also it's just got a lot of cool um, things going on instrumentally. Um, you know, it definitely captures, I think, a certain sound of the time. Um, and um, Uriah Heap is probably one of the most underrated bands, I mean, I would say of all time when it comes to being one of the fathers of kind of like uh, the heavy metal movement that was, you know, mostly commercially awarded to bands like Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and some of the, you know, kind of bands in the same genre that they're in. And, um, you know, they didn't really hit it big over here um, as well as much as they hit it uh, in UK, which is where they are from. So it's like, you know, um, uh, it's interesting how things work out um when you know like kind of uh commercial the commercial market kind of uh, shines on certain bands more than other elo another band who um had a bunch of hits but just didn't get the kind of recognition i think that they deserve to so um yeah so but no yeah this was one of those albums that i just kind of fell in love with it just had it just has such a simple um approach um you know and it just kind of uh it really just rocks hard you know what i mean that's just pretty much a simple way to put it but um yeah uh yeah that's my initial i mean obviously my initial impression is gonna be it's an amazing album but i want to make sure i hear what you guys have to say for your initial impression so <laughs> all right that's mike's initial impressions on going to this album and a little bit of your uriah heap as a band kyle what about you uriah heap fan or look at yourself what do you got over there um it, my first actual introduction to Uriah Heap was actually a couple of years back. Uh, Mike had given me a list of songs that he put together, like his favorites, what he would consider the greatest hits of the band. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed quite a bit of those. Ironically enough, uh, only one of those that I really liked is on this record that we're going to be talking about. With that said, they are a group that I do agree with Mike. They really don't get talked about in the conversations when we're talking about like founders of metal, a lot of this record, I find groups like um, there are a couple of songs I would hear. I'm like, Oh, that sounds like something that Motley Crue would have done 10 years down the line, especially they have some like heavier bluesy riffs going on on here. Uh, Other artists. And I'll get into when we talk about it, 
I can definitely see where other artists may have pulled inspiration from the group. Um, overall, they're not a band that I would consider like in my top or in like my my wheelhouse that I go back to, but they do have uh, quite a few songs that I do enjoy and go back to from time to time. Yeah, and for, for me personally, I would say that um, as far as just, I mean, I'm not like the, I mean, I, I knew the name Uriah Heap. I just wasn't familiar with their work up until um, just now um, doing this, this doing it, listening to this album and broadcasting us for you guys tonight. Um, I, I, I'm not like, um, like it's weird. Cause I, I agree with Mike's points, how they, they, I, I've heard of them, but I, then again, they weren't like, they didn't, I, I agree with Mike actually completely that they didn't like a band like, uh, Uriah Heap or even ELO, like you mentioned were, didn't really get the recognition, I guess, in the U S as they, they thought that as for being from a British band coming to America and whatnot. Um, so I guess they had that, like, it's almost like you would wish they would got talked about more. Cause I mean, as time goes on, you know, they release more albums, et cetera. Um, but I do agree with Kyle's point as well. Where uh, If Uriah Heap's on in the background, I mean, I won't turn it off. I mean, we'll, but uh, we'll get into our track listing and our, our, our stuff in a, and our, our initial track and our favorite tracks and whatnot in a second. But I also want to say that um, you could uh, cut to Kyle's point as well, not just, and I, I was thinking this blue not as, as I was listening to the album as well. You could hear that not just in my commentary, Motley crew, but I was hearing stuff like that black Sabbath was doing um, also like a band like sticks might even pull off with some synthesizer stuff going on there a little bit. Um, I heard, definitely heard some of that. Like touch, I mean, six was like in the mid to late seventies. This was seventy one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, this was. I, I could definitely hear how a band like Uriah Heap would influence not just the heavy metal genre, but also influence uh, other bands as well, like like a Sticks or like with like their keyboarding and stuff like that. Because I don't know, I don't know why that resonated with me for some reason. Because I, I heard like the keyboarding of like Renegade to an extent, like as far as being similar to some of the keyboarding in this in this um, type of music. I don't know that that might that might have been just me personally, but I just I noticed that. But that's that's me. Um, but yeah, those are our initial impressions. Let's jump over to. We're not going to donate to Wikipedia. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because because we look everything up on Wikipedia and we we read some stuff from it. So, but yeah, um, let's go down to the track listening just for a second. Um, and uh, there are seven tracks on the regular standard edition of this album. Um, which are as follows. Look at yourself. I want to be free. July morning. Tears in my eyes. Shadows of the grief. What should be done and love machine. Um, we just, just to clarify, we only listened to the standard edition, right? We didn't listen to the extended, the, the, uh, the out, outtakes and stuff like that or. Yep. No. Okay. I, I want to make sure. Cause I listened to a lot of it. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like <laughs> what, what, what extra work did I do here? <laughs> <Yes>. But, <laughs> but uh, no, no, but, um, but honestly though, um, for me, I'll go first actually in this one. So my not, I mean, Uriah Heap was a band, as I mentioned that I knew of, but I just never really listened to. I, I, I knew they existed. I just didn't, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really listen to any of the work. I had nothing against them. I didn't, I didn't think they were overrated or underrated or anything like that. But going, going, listening to the seven tracks on this album, I was uh, intrigued, if you will, by how long the tracks were. I mean, I, I, the radio, the rate. I mean, there were radio um, singles that they cut down and whatnot. But like, look at yourself. Well, I was to me, it's a standout track. Um, I would actually say, 
outside of a look at yourself, I'd say tears in my eyes was a standout track for me too. But those are the really only two that like were jumping out to me saying, Hey, you know, this is what we got for you. J man's loving every bit of this, blah, blah, blah. And I, the, those are my two standout tracks for me. I, I just have to say, so I, I have nothing against long songs. I have nothing against short songs. A song can be 20 seconds. A song could be, well, maybe not 20 seconds, but a song could be a minute or it could be 20 minutes. The fact that July morning was 10 minutes and 32 seconds long got a little, um, sorry, Mike, boring to some extent. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not, not trying to be trying to be honest with you, buddy. <laughs> no, never. You there's no need to apologize for okay. anything. Cause trust me. Okay. Trust me on this. When like, I had hate, some unpopular opinions here, <laughs> I was going to say, when I hate your song, when I hate your album, I'm going to rip it to shreds and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, <laughs> and I expect the same ruthlessness in your review, because sometimes when you feel the desire to say, Hey, this sucked and there's nothing I can do about it. That's that is what it is. And none of this reflects how I like feel towards anybody or how they feel towards me. Like, like, um, that's what makes this whole thing beautiful is like, you know, uh, you know, when someone just hates something or loves something and they just feel no block on, on, or on, you know, describing like things that they hate, like, for example, uh, Taylor Swift's Midnight's. But, um, Anyway, I mean, not to bring that, not to bring up old wounds, but not oh, to no. stick a finger in the blood uh, wound there. But uh, yeah, like you know, I I will be very forthcoming about how much I hate something. So by all means, don't uh, think anything's a reflection of uh, towards me or about me. It's all about the music itself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just I just just wanted to, just wanted to clarify with that because can I be yeah, brutally honest no with you? July morning was like. I got I, I I was listening to it again for like the third or fourth time today just to like lead up to this, and I started sure. to fall asleep. Don't kill me, but I, <laughs> I was like I was like oh no, here comes this track that's ten minutes. No, like I said, nothing wrong with long tracks. I'm all for long tracks or short tracks, whatever. The song's a song, but I was just like oh my god, it's July. It's almost like it's almost like that like that awkward cousin like hey how are you like oh it's, it's creeping it's creeping up on you here kind of thing. I was like oh no, it's you. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things that came out of nowhere. But yeah, like, um, but yeah, July morning, I was like, oh my God, it's this track again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, um, jump over to the side two for a second. I said, Tears in My Eyes were my stand- was one of my standout tracks. And Shadows of Grief being eight minutes and 39 seconds, same kind of feeling there. I was like, you know, like, I started to wander off and normally like majority of the time I don't really wander off, but unfortunately again with I hate to bash on it, but Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift's midnights, I started to wander a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Yeah. But um but like eight minutes and thirty-nine seconds, I was like, but I was like, did, was midnight's even real? What are we talking about? Like <laughs> just going through a bunch of stuff there. I was like, oh no. But uh no, but just the length of the song, the so some some repetition, uh, re- repetitious outro on like July morning. The longer tracks now felt long for me. That's just me personally. But outside of that, like I said, look at yourself, tears in my eyes. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Love Machine was a, a pretty good closer for an album too, but that's, that's just my personal take on it. But yeah, I, I felt good going first, you guys. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yes. Mike's like, oh, yes. <laughs> so proud of you. And Kyle's going next because I want to be last. That way. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Yes, I don't want to. I don't want to like uh, have any kind of uh, pre-expressed notions that uh, aren't confirmed by anything but myself. Okay. You know, and, yeah. Okay. So. 
All right. So, but that's all I have to say about that. Like I said, my standard tracks are look at yourself and tears in my eyes. And I mentioned how long July morning and shadows of grief are. Kyle, what do you got for us? <laughs> yes. I'll start with the two that I liked. Um, this was, I think for the first time that we've been doing these streams, this might be the first time that we've had an album that I didn't give a single song and a rating of like a nine or a 10. Um, I'll start with my favorite from here. That'd be love machine. This is the one I was talking about that gave me hints of something that Molly crew would have done a decade later. A lot of those heavy bluesy guitar riffs are present here. And I really liked that. I really like in the uh, intro on the verses, they do like a cool call and response to the vocal and the guitar that I really like a lot. Outside of that, there's a falsetto note, and I'm sure Mike knows exactly which I'm talking about. I'm sure he could have told you that I wouldn't have liked it. And boy, I don't like it. And it brings it down a, bit, a lot for me. That one's about an eight out of 10 for me. Um, the other one that I liked, which is was on the uh, playlist that Mike had given me years ago, is I Want to Be Free. I really enjoyed that one as well. It had excellent vocal melodies. It's a really well-crafted song. Instrumentation's great. The ending is where it kind of drops it for me. It feels a bit messy, and it brings the score down quite a bit. Now I'll get into the other stuff. <laughs> uh, look at yourself. It's a good opener. It's a solid track. It's not really my style. Uh, same thing. I think it's going to be might be the first one, unless Mike's top tracks are different, that we all have different top tracks completely. But um, Shadows of Grief, uh, JT, I agree with you completely on that one. I like the beginning. It has some cool, like, in, in my notes for this, I literally wrote creepy clown vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I actually thoroughly enjoyed that. But again, it's just so long. And towards the end, I was like, all right, it doesn't really do anything for me. Brought down Also that. how I was described in high school. I, vibes. Yeah. I unfortunately I, I, mean, I, I didn't have the most i didn't have creepy the most uh, popular high school days so yeah creepy clown vibe or too long which one uh yes coming <laughs> yes. out uh, for yes and then uh you know what should be done didn't really do anything for me uh it's pretty standard middle of the road nothing special going on tears in my eyes I really like the intro reminded me of something that uh, Boston, the band Boston would do years after this as well. That I thought was cool. But again, after the intro, it just kind of didn't really go anywhere for me. I will say a big thing with this record for me was it doesn't, it does a lot of cool things. A majority of the songs do things that I really like. And then the rest of the song doesn't do that. Mm. Now I'm going to get to my absolute least favorite song on here, July Morning, JT, 100% agree. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one that thought this. <laughs> it was so boring to me. Like, this might be the one song that there wasn't anything on it that I took away from. And I was like, this is brutal. Like, I'm sorry, Mike, <laughs> but this, it, this one was just brutal for me to get to. It didn't keep my attention at all anytime I listened to the record. It's such a standout of being just a not great boring song now other than the track list i do just want to say that there, there's from my personal music taste there's way too many 
like prog rock elements or just a lot of in some songs here specifically the longer ones a lot of like jam band tendencies mm. i hate jam bands all <laughs> of them i don't think there's a single one that i've liked uh so that really takes me out once they start getting into that territory i really like the raw style on a lot of these songs when they steer clear of the synthesizers and the organs and all that and all those sounds i think that's where it really hits its stride for me i really like because the guitar is the production the guitar tone is fantastic it has like a gritty raw tone and i really like that i'm not a fan of the whole 70s style synthesizers and all that that were going on very few bands i felt like did that effectively jt you had mentioned sticks before yeah that's one of the ones i think did it very well otherwise i think this record for me works mostly as something in the background like if it's on the background it's when i'm doing something else perfectly fine this is like i'm out in the garage working on the car with this on the radio in the background hmm. that's it for me, that's what it does. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of the lyrics and, you know, I always touch on lyrics and vocals a lot. I feel like on this record, a lot of the lyrics and vocals kind of felt like an afterthought. And that's just me. They, I feel like a lot of it come, feels like shoehorned in there. It's not the best or most thought out in the tracks that I did like or the ones that didn't necessarily feel that way. And then the last thing I want to hit on is I didn't expect this album to end the way it did. I kind of don't feel like there's a cohesive ending. I feel like it just kind of ends. Mm. It's like, oh, Love Machine's done. Record's over. That's it. And it didn't feel like an ending to me. Whereas I felt like it had a good beginning and I saw where they were going and then it just ends. Which is fine, but it just kind of took me out of it because I expected another song to come on and I was like, oh, that, that's it but i mean other than that that's really all i got i'll turn it over to mike and see how much uh how much we disagree with each other on it <laughs> uh i mean hey no i respect those bins and it's funny because all right so first of all i'm going to bring out uh we have your eye heat look at yourself album vinyl dusty vinyl look at yourself Look at yourself. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, it's funny. So in the entire Uriah Heap discography, so which, warning, all of the band members are pretty much gone except the guitarist Mick Box by like 1980-something. I think it's like probably like 86, maybe. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh the whole band sound changes um, for the most part. Um, and I pretty much really couldn't get into any of the albums after most of the band's members left. If I were to perfectly describe their albums after all the band members left, it's exactly what Kyle said, put it on the background, but not really care about the songs, um, which is funny because like, um, I, I tend to, I, I can't do that stuff. Like I can't watch a movie in the background. Um, when I'm doing something, I, I start paying attention to it, even if it sucks, which, by the way, I saw a horrible movie called Barbarian. I don't know if anyone's seen this horror movie. It's brand yeah. new. Uh, mini review in a review. Don't watch that movie. It is horrible. <laughs> it is horrible. And it's got great reviews on on 
um, Rotten Tomatoes and some of these other sites, which brings back my whole point of the kind of the world is just kind of going to, to crap. Like, uh, you know, like Taylor Swift's that music's in the top set, you know, <laughs> like the world is gone nuts. But uh, that record um, broke 73 records from what I just read this morning. Yeah, it, proof, proof. 73. It doesn't have to even be good to make it in the top charts. It just has to, you just have to have people who are like basically like love anything that they put out. So, um, yeah, so bringing, steering back, steering the ship back into the storm here. Uh, so this is one of the few Uriah Heap albums that I actually don't like as an album, but I love the songs on the beginning of it so much that I couldn't imagine their best of without those like um, those songs. So it's like where as an album, like Kyle was saying, like where he feels like it has a cohesive like ending and it has an overall theme or something like that. Um, yeah, like uh, the first four songs for me are all tens. Like they are my some of my favorite songs from all of the Uriah Heap uh, discography. Um, July Morning is one of my favorite songs of all time, which is funny that you guys say there you don't go. like that song. Oh my and god! I, <laughs> and it's funny, and it's funny that you guys don't like it because uh, it is one of those songs that has such a uh, it's has such a kind of um, build up where it's like you have this quiet build up and then when you get to that point where when it's like uh it's hitting uh, you know it's kind of in that main part of the song and then it kind of comes back down to start with the same beginning again and then it hits that ending which kind of keeps repeating uh like that kind of medieval feeling to it which i am huge on the medieval kind of ancient sound that Uriah Heap has and it's kind of why i love this band so much is because that's right up my alley this whole the whole kind of like medieval kind of sounding the keyboards the kind of uh you know all that stuff so um yeah so uh look at yourself great great songs got that typical kind of uh um chaotic ending that most of these rock bands were doing where you know like you like the solos go in with the like you know, and then they do this kind of a drum thing that gets faster and faster and faster. You know, I remember bands that always did that kind of thing, you know, like uh, um, just like a typical thing for this kind of era of music. The 70s was, you know, this is kind of like the loud, uh, you know, like uh, beginnings of like where um, rock became heavy metal and, um, you know, and prove itself how crazy they could get um, and uh, referred to many uh, or referred to many referred to a reviewer one time as the beach boys of heavy metal because of their high-pitched vocals that they do in the background you know the beach boys do the you know you're right he's always doing the "Ah!" in the background (laughs) you know almost like what do you call it flash gordon you know uh you know uh with queen you know doing the "Ah!" you know that's the kind of stuff you're right he would do all the time in the background and um yeah like uh it's definitely it's either your cup of tea or it's not um it's definitely uh got some prog rock stuff in it. it's got some crazy twists and turns in it um and it's funny shadows of grief i actually really don't like this song um it is actually one of my least favorite songs um in like a bunch of uh uriah heaps discography and it is a boring song 
it is a song that I find uh, starts off good. And then it literally just kind of does it. It's trying to achieve some kind of uh, atmosphere, creepy clown vibes, but yeah. it is not, uh, I, I would say, achieving it in a way that steers it back into uh, the theme of the song or the theme of the album or even anything. I think it's just, once again, it's just one of those tracks that I personally, you never even really listened to i always skipped over and if i did listen to it um it's because i just didn't change the track because i was doing something else so it's like um you know <laughs> which is a great <laughs> on my tombstone mike i didn't have time to change this track i was doing something else <laughs> uh <laughs> um yeah and then what should be done uh wasn't um a huge fan of that song either and that's giving going back to my point of how big these first four songs are to me that that you could take five and six out and then love machine's a great song so you could take five and six out put one two three four in as just concrete solid like favorite songs of your eye heaps ever and it elevates this album uh over what would be to someone else as kind of like a real gutless kind of like um middle to end of the album and love machine is uh you know a great song but it also isn't a closer it's not a closer and also this album is too short in my opinion um where i could feel like they definitely needed more tracks on it and not outtakes and not like things of that manner but just other tracks um that needed to be kind of brought in that I think weren't. Um, so yeah, like, and that's, then that's why like, I totally agree with you guys in the sense that um, if you're not a fan of those first four songs to the level that I am, then the album to you will come off very kind of um, not hard hitting, not as iconic, um, you know, and uh, uh, I'm glad to see, look at yourself as rank 97 out of hundred heavy metal albums of all time by Kerrang, which is cool. Like, I actually appreciate the the, the nod um, to them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just absolutely uh, love the elements on July Morning. I know that's one of those songs that you guys hate, so it's kind of like, it's kind of funny that it's just like, it's, it, it's a song that I personally have a lot of history to, like, especially because I was moving to uh, Washington State uh, around July and it was like driving to that song it was just that you know you're leaving early in the morning when it's just quiet and you know it just like has this cool kind of like it's like a narration of of someone's life you know what I mean um, like he talks about uh, looking for love in the strangest places and uh, you know like uh, kind of like heading out on this kind of journey in a lot of ways so um yeah so yeah and, and when it comes back to uh the band themselves so david byron the lead singer i mean this guy had so much writing ability and uh, uh just an ability in general of singing um like i was talking about before his vocals are either you love them or you hate them and he does a lot of these kind of um yeah falsetto you know and it's funny this, what he does on love machine he also does that kind of falsetto thing on um, previous albums um, that are before this album that I actually kind of 
Um, I'm not a huge fan of when he hits those real kind of off notes. Uh, and he when he hits the note like that one part in July morning, he hits um, and he says it like he hits this high note and it is epic and it is like powerful and it is awesome. But then there's other times when he's doing a miniature version of that, but also trying to just be kind of clever and it comes off a little uh just like an earache you know what i mean it just it's, it kind of hits you in a certain way and um you know i've never been a person who hears something and and usually focuses on it i generally will hear something that i don't like and i'm usually over it by the time it's done um rarely will i hear something and i just be like oh like that ruined that song for me um you know what i mean but i can understand for people who have that kind of a relationship with the song to, to not like a song because of it so um yeah but um yeah like ma majority of the bands original members are in this album this is um one of the kind of the staples of uh their career it's uh it's definitely not their best album but it is definitely within their uh top five for me top three i should say and um yeah it's uh it's definitely got a lot of um high points on it and, and then the ending and unfortunately the ending is really what keeps it out of you know being the top one or two um, and possibly it could even be four depending on i was actually doing this today i was actually ranking my, my favorite albums from them and trying to really um listen to some songs and say oh like what if i uh really think about it would this album overtake that album because these albums are a little more of a complete album and, and that album is just kind of superstar songs that I love, but not as a, as an entire album. Does it have that same kind of uh, staying power? And uh, it's definitely in the conversation to if it's um, could be knocked out of that top three, but yeah, this is it's definitely one of my faves. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no, I just, uh, I was listening to like, all right, cool. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't realize how like, I mean, I, I knew you were a passionate music fan, Mike, but I didn't know that you like, you know, you, the way that you described your, I heap and, and I, I never really, as someone who's not like super knowledgeable on them too, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to hear like stuff like that. Cause then, then it makes me, makes someone like me, who's like, I'm not like the, I'm not super familiar with them. I've never heard anything by them specifically until now. I mean, you make me, me personally want to go back and listen to a little bit more than what I heard today. You know what I heard for the stream. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And and I would definitely recommend you do that JT. Cause there's, they have a bunch of songs mm -hmm. that I actually really like that were not on here. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a huge handful that I actually thoroughly enjoy. Um, would probably rank them higher than, any track on this record okay yeah yeah demons and wizards is their most iconic album to their entire fan base mm -hmm. and uh undisputedly uh kind of championed as the best album that they have done so like i you know and then Wonderworld is one of my favorite albums by them but a lot mm -hmm. of people are kind of on the fence about that one unpopular opinion that i think it's definitely could be their second best album of their discography. Uh, but um, a lot of people would uh, argue about that, you know, and then um, I think you'd be a huge fan of their 80s stuff, like the Abominog album, which I think um, 
a lot. It's it's commercially much more digestible. This is a this album has a lot of um, dude. You think uh, July morning is long? Holy crap! So a song I love, but I also hate it at the same time. I know that sounds strange to say, but uh, the Magician's Birthday, the last song on that album is almost. I think it is. It could be thirteen to fourteen minutes long. I'm not too sure. I have to look back on that. And the entire middle of that song is just them, like someone playing around with their guitar. Like it literally starts off really good. Yeah. If you go to that, if you click on that, um, what was it called? What was the album called? Uh, Magician's Birthday, um, '72. Actually, they put out two albums in the same year. It's kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. How long is it? I the, can't the, see. Uh, it's oh. ten minutes and twenty-one seconds. Oh, ten minutes and twenty. Yeah. If if you not thought, as long as July morning, July morning dude. <laughs> wait, I want if you you guys need to go and listen to that song because you will go back and go, holy crap, that makes July morning look like feel like a completely like uh overactive song because it literally just has like pointless guitar uh playing and then a drum beat that the guitar stops and then the drum beat just keeps going, and then the drum beat just stops and then there's nothing. And then there's just some noises and then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's 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 almost theatrical versus um, July morning having constant music from beginning to end. So okay. it's just it's just funny that you guys mentioned that. But I'm like, wait, go listen to this and then you'll really have a song you'll get bored to. Um, but the <laughs> beginning and end of that song are actually amazing. Like, they're absolutely amazing. Um, so uh, that's the problem with that song. If I were to redo it, I'd edit the front to back make it um and cut out the middle and it would be like uh, the perfect song but fortunately they put out a long song <laughs> but yeah well that you had mentioned uh you saw that they had they released two records in 72 they also did yeah. that in 71 too mm, yeah um, which, be- which begs is the question in the 70s a lot of artists yeah. were doing mm-hmm. and then they were on a yearly release schedule i think that in mm-hmm. a lot of cases that ended up hurting the records because they could have just taken more time and put the best songs of each on one and gotten yeah. rid of others. Uh, you know, I think Van Halen, you know, late seventies, early eighties, they were doing something similar as well. Yeah. Where it was a record a year for years that burned them out and there was a lot of filler. So. Which begs to ask the question, if, uh, if you were to listen to, maybe Salisbury and uh, look at yourself and say, which, which uh, could these songs just be one album or were some of these songs that were on that album, could they, were they possibly meant to be part of this, but they just kind of broke it in half in order to release two records and kind of make some more money off of releasing an album. Um, the idea of releasing, releasing an album versus releasing too many songs in one shot. Like I said, seven songs seems, uh, it seems small for their usual releases or releases are 10 to 12 albums long this was seven you know another album that they had was like seven or eight and that just seems like they may they you know at this time they might have been trying to just like you said uh living up to a contract living up to uh um mm-hmm. a, a release schedule kind of trying to uh remain active without burning themselves out by going okay here's everything we got like okay what else do you guys have now like oh crap we gave you everything we got and like we don't got nothing because like the lead singer was a, a notorious drunk barely was able to finish stage uh his stage shows and he died of uh 
of a fatty liver, uh, you know, by in the in the mid 80s. Um, so, you know, like they kicked him out of the band because of it. And he went off to do his own music, um, uh, which was amazing. I love his solo albums. Uh, and he he had a good spirit to him, but he was uh, struggling with alcohol addiction majorly, as well as the basis he died of a similar fate. You know, um, it was kind of like, these were the years where people just, you know, they've burned out quick. You know what I mean? Like they just were there and gone, um, right. you know. Yeah, I think so. a big part of that comes down to the way the music industry worked back then. It was, yeah, you have to put out a record every year or people will forget about you. That was the whole mindset back then. And I guess, you know, you could see it and, you know, media was less accessible in a way. It wasn't just in front of your face all the time. So I get it, but I think that it did end up hurting a lot of what could have been even better albums that was just like, well, turn out more music now, please. Like, just go do it. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you give us, but you, we were, we're releasing an album. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's yeah. how we got uh, Van Halen's, was it Diver Down? Yeah. That was the record that they did that on where they were like, oh, we really don't want to make this, but the label says we have to. Right. Yeah. And it's too bad because, uh, you know, it's funny. Today's today's music market is so destroyed by mm -hmm. the, the availability of the media being just available to you at any drop of the hat. Anybody can just access anything at any time without any kind of like, you know, working to go get it, to go buy it. You know, it's just there. Um, so now they're like releasing one song at a time almost, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, here's my single, here's another album, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song. Um, you know, whereas back then they were, you know, like they put a lot of work into an album and they wanted to release the albums as a whole thing and they wanted you to go out and buy it. But they also didn't want to um, release double albums were crazy and dangerous to do. And like, you know, like you see those double albums, you know, that'd be another great uh, um uh, segment for us is the best double albums of all time. Those those bands that had the writing ability and no and just to put out double albums would be a, a fun thing to do on here. And um, you know, Yolo having the greatest double album of all time. I mean, I'm not to not to brag, but uh, you know, you know, JT, wake up over there, wake up. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that would be fun. That would be cool. Uh, you know, cool idea. Anything? Oh. Uh, anything else before anything else before we go to our uh, ranking and stuff or what do you, are we all set i'm good uh, just to add to mike's point i guess of today's music the, the state of the music industry today really what's driving that in the past about two years is tiktok yeah to the point where all you need now to have a hit song is about 10 to 15 seconds of something stupid and catchy <laughs> and then it's just it, they put it on the radio and it's like why it's not a good song but it has 10 to 15 seconds that the kids liked and did some stupid dance to or made some stupid trend out of <laughs> that's what it is now unfortunately the idea of albums that whole art style it's a thing of the past mm. as unfortunate as that is even people that release them now it a lot of the times it doesn't feel like they're putting heart into it to actually make something a cohesive piece of art it's just well here's a collection of songs you're going to listen to the singles and the rest is just kind of there and we'll never play them live but here you go 
Yep. And that's what we're getting a lot. Um, and to tie that back into this record, that's kind of how I felt with a lot of this one was here's just a collection of songs. They don't really tie together well and it doesn't have a good ending, but here you go. Mm-hmm. Possibly that could have been it. That could, that's how, that could have been there. Um, that could have been there uh, kind of uh, just strategy with this one it could have been uh hey we wrote a bunch of songs in 72 and uh we put like a bunch of good ones on that uh first album and then we had a bunch of good one like bunch of good ones left but not a lot enough to make a full album so like you know it was kind of like um which is why like i i love the theme the picture the look of the album the idea the uh kind of psychological idea of putting out an album where it's your own face. You know what I mean? Like it mm. becomes yeah. whatever you want it to be. You know what I mean? It, it, it's your, it's, it's whatever you see in it. Um, and I just, you know, me, I love the, the whole, uh, and, and it was funny. This is one of the few albums that is not a fantasy driven um, lyrical album. Most of their stuff's about, you know, the wizards and the, the fantasy stuff, but um, this album was majority was just kind of like um, uh, talking about relationships and and kind of that kind of thing, <clears throat> which is why I knew Kyle would probably be more uh, a fan of it. Not maybe not a fan of it lyrically, like that you love the lyrics, but that the lyrics weren't taking you away into this kind of like uh, fantasy realm that I think you just can't uh, relate to and. Um, but a lot of their music has that kind of stuff in it, um, you know. Uh, and it's funny day. because all the songs that I've liked by them are the ones that don't incorporate that, or at least <laughs> for the most exactly. part. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Anything else before we go to our ratings or? Nope. All righty. So who wants to go first? JT, why don't you take JT. your rating first? Oh, yes. God. You stole the words right out of my mouth, guys. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so you know, like I said initially, I never really had listened to Uriah Heap. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Shut off immediately. <laughs> um, no, no, as far as like, as, I, I know, and I, and I. It's not that I it's not that I never like disliked them or liked them or anything like that. I just never got around to listening them, listening to them exclusively. And truthfully, as someone who was not as familiar with them, but know the knew the name, the band, you know, Uriah Heap and whatnot. Um, going into this and listening to a full album for the first time ever in my you know, in my life by Uriah Heap. Um, you know. With tracks like "Look at Yourself" and "Tears in My Eyes," my, like I said, my standout tracks for me. Um, those are some, were some high points in the album, but my lower points in the album would have to be the, uh, as Mike uh, Mike said, he loves it, but unfortunately, I have to say it. July morning is just it's long. It's 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 very. I I was dozing off a little bit during it today before we did our stream, uh, so that kind of pulled it down a little bit more than I thought it would. Um, and the other couple of tracks now, like Love Machine uh, and What Should Be Done, uh, were good, but they, and they kind of boosted up in the middle. Overall, I'm going to actually, gonna, it might, this might surprise both of you guys. I'm going to give this, um, an, uh, I can't even talk. Yeah, I'm going to okay. give this album <laughs> a 
solid 2.85 out of five. That's actually a little bit higher than I thought I would, but the tracks of, was it look at yourself and tears in my eyes, but this is the one that stood out the most to me made the jump and made that jump up higher. And, you know, pushing it up a little bit more was the other tracks I mentioned before. So for me, for me personally, me personally, a two point, uh, what was it? Is it 2.85 out of five? That is my, rating for you guys tonight kyle why don't you go next yeah kyle oh jt you're making me do Freaking it Freaking kyle go <laughs> jt you're making me do it um <laughs> so with everything that i said yeah it's not something that really was for me i feel like a lot of cool styles on display here um none of which i thought were done to the extent i would have liked them to they would start it in the song and then kind of veer away from it the exception being love machine but even then he did some vocal things that took it down for me a bit. With all that said, uh, I do think that it was outside of July morning and maybe shadows of grief. There wasn't anything that was like bad on here. Like there's nothing that was like offensively like, Oh, this is terrible. I, you know, hated July morning and shadows of grief. I like it a little more than July morning. Gonna have to disagree with Mike on that one. I thought I had a cool <laughs> vibe going for it at first. And then really I do agree with you though, Mike, on that I dropped the ball quickly and just devolved into just the most one of the most boring things I've heard on here. With that said, I gotta give the record in general a 2.5. It's not it's I wouldn't consider it good for me, for my tastes, but I wouldn't say it's bad. If it was on in the background while I was doing something. I'd leave it on. I wouldn't go out of my way to change it. It's just kind of there. All righty. And last but not least, the man of the hour. You're all right. right. Two self. thumbs up. No, it's good. Uh, <laughs> change my whole rating for this. No, that's not how we do this, Mike. You can't just five go out from out of five to two, like to thumbs. Like, just give you a thumb and two fingers. No. <laughs> uh, um, so, as I said before, like, I talk about 11 out of 10. I talk about songs that are like so good that they almost have a bonus point per song. And that, and then the other songs really don't matter so much. You know, when you have four massive tracks, like I want to be free. I don't feel like not too many people are talking about this track today on this review. I Kyle mentioned it, but uh, I want to be free. is just such a cool, it's such a cool track. Cause it has just such a cool groove to it that, uh, where it just kind of um, keeps the momentum of that song going with some cool vocal parts. Um, I love their vocal breakdowns where they do these kind of like, um, you know, uh, harmonized kind of like, you know, with the that lead vocalist. It's just a, um, it's just a man, like a crazy, just magic vocalist, just call it. Um, so, yeah, so for me, uh, those... First four songs, you know, Shadows of Grief uh, is where it like really just kind of it was there and it, it just kind of has an atmosphere. In a way, I almost it just kind of consider it a uh, instrumental, even though it has that beginning part. It mostly devolves into an instrumental kind of thing. So when you're re when you're viewing an album, sometimes you recategorize a song into a new uh, uh, into a new kind of album effect it's no longer a song to me that matters it's just a effect of the album it gives it a certain kind of feeling so 
it it's almost like I could completely remove it from uh, the album in a way and say, okay, this is just kind of an interlude uh, to you know uh, some other songs. And then that 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 second to last song, um, I can't remember the name. Of it. What would you? Uh, what should be done? Once again, uh, just kind of a boring song, uh, and it just kind of seems like out of place. And then Love Machine's great. So, um, yeah, overall for me, I was at a 4.5 out of 5. That's just kind of where I'm sitting on it. I'm de- it's definitely not a 5 out of 5 album. But with those songs that are so iconic for me, um, yeah, they definitely, uh, like I said, with the way this album is, it was a 4 out of 5. But when you get that plus plus uh, song bonus, you know what I mean? It, it really brings it up to having just a exactly five out of five that's right that's right um so what is going on jt why are you drawing on the screen uh but yeah i I can't take the blame for that one my good man oh yeah wait wait a minute kyle (laughs) (laughs) look what i found out how to do look at 4.5 is my rating not a five out of five folks that is wrong kyle he's drinking again um, but uh, he's trying to be like the lead singer of Gray Heap. Don't go out that way, <laughs> Kyle. All right, too soon, too soon. All right, well, yeah, four point five out of five is a rating. All righty. Well, any other f- concluding thoughts outside of that, or just uh, are we good for now? That's it. I'm good. That's all, folks. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. We want to thank you all for watching listening however you enjoyed us tonight uh thank you so much for watching and listening and uh, i want to thank these two gentlemen right here for doing this <laughs> he had to change it <laughs> he at the last it. possible second <laughs> for those you're listening to his you let's see the kyle's, kyle's the back is just trash <laughs> yes the trash heap someone has to be the villain <laughs> trash heap? <laughs> jordy what <laughs> <laughs> more on vibe what's going on (laughs) no no but uh but in reality guys it's what you guys have to say out there jump down the comment section below share your thoughts on this video like comment subscribe and follow us on podcast form kyle's gonna go berserk changing his background for the press as long as we're live so i mean underclass hero guys it's the best some 41 album what are you talking about oh god i just got indigestion uh, <laughs> <laughs> we better end the stream before this gets any crazier thank you so much for watching listening and before i go and get crazy stay safe take care and be awesome